Well, hello, you are listening to the podcast for Word of Life in Bentonville, Arkansas, and this is episode 13. We're so glad you've chosen today to tune in as our pastor is now into a series called Knowing God. This is installment two. I hope you're blessed by it. Enjoy. Praise God. Philippians chapter three. I'll begin there from where I began last week. We're talking about Uh, Knowing God, knowing God, Uh, Rick even said something just now about Abraham knowing, getting to know God, but Philippians chapter three, verse 10, and I have a floater in my eye, excuse me, and so I have to do minor surgery there so that I can read Philippians chapter three, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if I may, that I may know him, that I may know him. Lord, help us. Help us with this simple word today to learn to get to know you better, to know you on a higher level, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Then if you have your Bible, and I think they're going to put this on the overhead too, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, that I may know him. We're talking about an intimate relationship. Any relationship grows as we get to know each other better. Beverly and I have been married a few years now, and we continually get to know each other a little better. And how many of you seniors would agree the longer you're married, the more you get to know each other a little better, and really, it gets sweeter. Now, if your marriage is not getting sweeter, um, you need help. It should. It should. Some of the tensions that you have when you're young, you learn to get over that. And so, but relationships ought to grow as you get to know one another better. And as I get to know God, as I get to know him, the more I get to know what he knows. How many know he has all knowledge? And so I don't have all of his knowledge. I'm not trying to say that. You don't either. But we get to, as we get to know him, we get to know things that he knows. He reveals things to us. Hebrews chapter 8, <clears throat> and and. Verse 11, I'll just read verse 11 because we read it last week. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. Of course, verse 10 starts off, This is the covenant that I will make with them. And in this new covenant, if you if you Look above this, you, above these verses, you will say, see that he is talking about a covenant. In a covenant, with a covenant, you get to know God. Do you know that, do you know that in the Old Testament, God has, some say seven or eight different names, some say 10 or 12 different names, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, on and on. Those names reveal God so that people could get to know who God is really was. God is a blesser. In the Old Testament, they didn't really know that until God told them, I want to bless. I am Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I'll provide for you. On and on. Anyway, 
you, you get to know, they, they got to know God by his names. And so here he's saying, none of them shall tell his neighbor or his brother, know the Lord, for they'll all know me. In the new covenant, in the new covenant, we get to know God in, on, a, on a personal basis. Under the old covenant, only kings and priests and prophets actually got to know God. But under the new covenant, we can. We can know God. And listen to this. If we get to know God, operate as he does, and operate as he does, we can have a God kind of life. Let me say that again. If we get to know God, and then we operate as he, as he does, we can have the God kind of life. How many like to have the God kind of life? How many over here would like to have the God kind of life? I want the God kind of life. He is not nervous about anything. He is not concerned. He's concerned for us, but he's not really concerned about what's going on on this globe to the point that it's making him nervous. Amen? That's the God kind. Of, oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could just wake up every day and say, I don't have a care? Well, really, that's what he wants. He don't want you. He wants you to be concerned. He wants you to take care of business. He wants you to take care of certain things. But when you add care, when, you, when you're burdened down with a lot of cares, it's tough on you. If you do that throughout your lifetime, you won't live as long as you, as you would if you learn to deal with ca- the cares that are, that are coming against you. Anyway, so again, if we get to know him, and operate as he does, we can have the God kind of life. And you say, really? Yeah, really. Yes, really. First John 4, 17 says, as he is, so are we in this world. And I think to myself, I've read that through the years, and every time it kind of stumps me. As he is, so am I in this world. Yeah, that's what he wants. He wants me to have the God kind of, he wants heaven on earth, and he wants it revealed through my life and through your life to the world around us. Amen. As he is. And then <clears throat> Hebrews 11, you're just there close. Again, they may put it on the screen. And again, these are some scriptures that we talked about last week. But I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 11. And we want to read about a man named Enoch. By uh, Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Please means to satisfy, to gratify entirely. By faith, he was taken away so that he did not see death. He was not found because God had taken him. Because he had this testimony that that he pleased God. Enoch pleased God. If you read back in Genesis chapter 5, there is a verse there about Enoch. Uh, Chapter 5, verse 22, it says, uh, there's a portion of that verse. It simply says this, Enoch walked with God 300 years. That's a long time. That's a long time to be walking around with somebody, isn't it? You know, in 300 years, I believe you could really get to know someone if you walked with him daily. And that's, the, that, that's, that's really the thought here is every day he walked with God. Every day you and I need to walk with God. How, how do we do that, Pastor Bill? 
Every day we need to open up his word. We need to converse with him. We need to talk with him. We need to acknowledge that he is with us all the time. And so in 300 years, and the rest of that verse says that God took him. He was not anymore because God took him. He didn't die. They didn't have a funeral. He just, he just disappeared. And, and they knew that God had, had taken him. He, they, he walked with God 300 years. Continually walked there means to con, continually conversant, to follow 300 years of daily walking with God, knowing God. And then look back at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, where it says, it continues on the thought, but without faith it is impossible to please him. It says in the latter part of verse 5 that Enoch pleased God, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is a rewarder. So, Enoch pleased God. To please God, there's some things that we have to do. To please God and to get to know God, number one, it, it ends up by saying this, we have to seek God. Remember Second Chronicles chapter 7, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face. God wants you seeking out, searching him out constantly. God wants you in, in conversation with him constantly. God wants you talking to him, seeking his face, his will. Not, not my will, but his will. Seek him through his word and in prayer. So first of all, we need to seek God. That pleases God. Number two, we need to believe that he is. Let me believe God exists. You know, the atheist says, I don't believe there's a God because I can't see him, I can't feel him, I can't touch him, so I don't believe he is because, and you know, a lot of very highly educated people will tell you there really is no God. That's a figment of your imagination. But God says, if you want to please me, you have to believe that I am. How do we do that? We do it by faith. You have not seen God. You have never touched God. But we believe that there is a God. And by the way, I heard an illustration I really like. For the world, the earth, to be carrying on like it is, for your body to operate like it does, without God or a higher power calling all of this into existence, making this happen, is like, and, and you saying, no, it wasn't God. It just happened. It was just happenstance. One guy said, that'd be like saying that a tornado went across a junkyard and pulled out pieces of metal from here and there and different things that it needed and assembled a 747 as it passed by. For me to believe that this just happened, yeah, the tornado assembled a 747. Yeah. And so, and they claim to be wise. Oh, foolish men, let me say amen. Aren't you glad you can say, well, I may not be that smart, but I am smart enough to believe the word of God. Amen. I do believe the word of God. So number one, seek him. Number two, we have to believe that he is. This is pleasing to God. This is getting to know God 
on a different level. And then the last thing is that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder. By the way, God does not curse us. God didn't create the curse. God is a blesser. He is a rewarder. All of those folks that are blaming God for things being bad. I don't know. You know, I wish God would do something. And by the way, I believe, I believe the, the ball's in our court. I believe God's done what he's going to do. He's given us instruction. He's given us everything we need. And he said, I want you, I put you over the earth. You have authority. Rick was talking about it. You have authority. You have authority. And so we're blaming God. But I want you to know, God is a rewarder. You know, if you have someone close to you pass away, God didn't just decide, I need another angel in heaven. If your house burns down, God didn't set it on fire. That is not God. You or somebody else may have done something wrong that caused your house to burn down, but it was not God. God is not trying to punish you by taking your child, anything like that. God is a rewarder. My mama said to me, said to us kids when we were very young, listen, Listen, if you don't get anything else from me, get this. If anything bad happens, it's the devil. If anything good happens, it's God. It's real simple, isn't it? Tell your neighbor God is good. Tell him he is good. Testify a little bit to him and tell him he is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. He wants to bless you. Like the pastor that asked me years ago, do you, do you, preach prosperity? I said, I certainly do. That's God. God's the one that prospers us. How many can say amen? Well, what about all these sinners that are very prosperous? Well, you know, they're probably just hard workers. If they turn it all over to God, God could use that for his glory and, and, and they can be wealthy too. God doesn't care if you're being wealthy. He just doesn't want you hoarding it, keeping it for yourself. Having say amen. He wants you to be a blessing to other people. Anyway, so again, we seek him we believe that he is, that he exists, and we believe that he is a rewarder. That is pleasing to God, seeking his face. Thank God for that. And then Hosea chapter 6, verse 3 says this. This is the King James Version. I like it better. Then we shall know if we follow on to know the Lord. If we follow on. My life, your life, you know, when I, was, when I was born again, of course, I grew up in a Christian home. I went to church, whether I wanted to or not. But at age 23, I surrendered my life to the Lord. I knew the Lord. When you get saved, when you truly get saved, you know the Lord. You, you know the Lord. But let me just say this. At this age, all these years that I've been saved, I've been following on. I get to know him better and better and better. Just like I said about marriage earlier. The longer I walk with God, the more I get to know about him. And the more I am truly convinced of all that he is. He is and he is a rewarder. The more I'm convinced of that. If we follow on to know the Lord. In, in Psalms 139, I'm going to go there in a minute and read some different verses that one won't what I'm going to refer to right now, but the verse, first six verses of Psalms 139 talks about how he knows us. He knows all about us. And, and, and he wants us to get to know him. He, he knows you. 
those verses go on and talk about he knew you before you were even formed, before you were born. He knew you. And he wants you and I to know him, to get into a relationship where that we really know him. I want to give you some things to think about. Things we need to know so that we can really know God. I'm going to describe to you some things about God that will help you know him better, help me know him better. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I like 17 also. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He come into the world because he loved us and he wanted to save us. He wanted to rescue us. Amen. So the first thing we need to understand from 1 John is that God is love. And God loves you. Tell your neighbor, God loves you. Many people, many children grow up nowadays in a home where they do not know, they never hear, they don't know that God loves them. You know, one of the great mistakes I believe that we have made as ministers in churches is that you do realize there are commandments in the Word of God. There's some pretty challenging, some pretty challenging uh, commandments in the Word of God. But if you only preach commandments, it's like a, a child growing up in a home where there is no love. It's just get out of bed, get ready for school, you know, all of that. Go to work, get up, do that, make your bed. But if there's no love involved, I think the first thing we have to do is impress on people, especially new Christians, is that before we get to all the commandments, and you need to, you know, if you're, if you're sinning and all of that, you, know, you need to stop it. Most people know that. But we've, we've really, we've really, um, we've majored on that. But listen, if you know that God loves you, it's a lot easier to keep his commandments. You're not doing it out of being out of force. You're doing it because God loves you and you love him. And the commandments you understand are for your good. They're not to hurt you. Uh, Copeland said years ago, Kenneth Copeland said, God's not trying to cramp your style. God's trying to keep you out of trouble. I mean, say amen. amen. So the commandments are, are a blessing. But again, if we look at the commandments as just, you know, God is, he's sitting in heaven with his ball bat about to bean you in the head if you does, do something wrong. If you, first of all, understand how much God loves you, it's much easier to serve him. And then you want to be in a relationship with him. You want to get to know him better. You don't, you don't get into a relationship, you know, I don't have a good close relationship with a lot of judges and prosecuting attorneys. <laughs> but I might have a good relationship with a good attorney. How many, how many understand what I'm saying? Amen. So anyway, for God so loved the world, 1 John 4, 8, God is love. And if you have your Bibles, I don't know if they're going to put these on the screen or not, but just look in 1 John with me. Or if you don't have your Bible with you, I'll read them to you. First John, just some scriptures here. First John 3.16. 3.16. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. When I understand, when I'm talking, you're talking about the love of God, and I understand that he died, really died for me. It really is a true story. It is a true event that happened in history 
You and I were born into sin. God brought, sent his son to this earth to live and die on a cross, a cruel death, just so that your sins, my sins could be forgiven and we could have eternity with God. He done that also so that we could have a relationship with God while here on earth even. Amen. So he loved us that much. So again, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. That's true love, isn't it? And then, and then chapter 4, verse 10. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. There again, we have that. And I, I want to I repeat, it's much easier to obey him when we know his love. We understand his love. Amen. And I'll even say this again. I want to be in a relationship with him. I want to get to know him better because I know he loves me. It's based on love. How many can say amen? Based on love. And we were talking about covenant a while ago. I think I can say this this morning. Intimacy without a covenant is adultery. Intimacy without a covenant. God gave us a covenant. We have, I'm in covenant relationship with God. And that covenant, that covenant means he wants to be in an intimate, he wants me to get to know him much, much better. How many can say amen? And so, first, of, first thing we need to know about God, to really know God, is that God loves us. Tell your neighbor, God loves you. And then say, even you, even you. Second thing I want us to see about God is that Hebrews 13, 5 says, he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will never leave you nor forsake you, it says. He will never leave you. Flip with me to Psalms 139. Flip with me. Turn in your Bible with me (laughs) to Psalms 139. And, and you know, I, I, I talk about things and sometimes I don't like to bring up things that brings past hurts to our remembrance. But so many folks, so many people, all of us probably, have, have suffered somebody leaving us. Somebody that we thought loved us left us. They're not no longer in our life. Um. Uh, Someone that we were close to, someone that we thought, you know, uh, um, even in marriage, and on and on. And, and then, you know, not only is it, and again, one of these things you kind of hate to bring up, but no long, not, not only when a husband and wife divorce, daddy leaves, does it, is it devastating to mama? And it can be reversed. But not only is that devastating to the, to the adults, it's de- devastating to the children because children grow up thinking everybody's going to leave. I can't get close to anybody because when I get real close, to the people that should love me, they've left me. And so they get to thinking that God is that way. But I want to I tell you, God keeps his word. God's not going to leave you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. In your deepest, darkest time, God is there. I'm going to read to you about it in Psalms 139. 
You say, yeah, but I blew it big time. I, listen, I, I started to say I don't care. I do care that you blew it big time. But regardless if you blew it big time or not, God is right there with you. Right. Listen to this, Psalms 139. Psalms 139, I'll begin reading from 7. Of course, I said earlier, verses 1 through 6 is about God knows me. He knows us. And then verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and light are both alike to you. God sees right through the darkness. He knows right where you are. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. You don't have to explain anything to him. Have you ever tried to explain something you were going through, especially a hurt? You tried to explain that to somebody, and they just kind of look at you like, uh, you know, and in their eyes you can see they don't have a clue what I'm talking about. They've never gone through this themselves. They're not interested, whatever, for whatever reason. But listen, listen, God knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows right where you are. He knows what's going on in your life, and he's not going to leave you. And listen to this. I was going to stop there, but there's more really good stuff here. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book all, they, were all, they all were written. The days fashioned for me when I, as yet there were none of them. Before you even thought about life. Before you even breathed your first breath, God was there. He, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. You are an eternal being, and God is with you. Again, let me say, you don't have a problem. You don't have a situation where God's going to forsake you and say, well, just I'll just let you handle that on your own. Yeah, there have been a lot of times I've, I found myself, I, I put myself in a situation I didn't need to, I didn't need to, and I, and I thought, well, you know, God's not interested in me right now. You know, he's upset at me right now. But I can tell you, right, he may, be, he may not like the sin or the situation you put yourself into, but I can tell you, he loves you. And he will help you out regardless of where you are, regardless of what's going on in your life. So number one, remember, God loves you. Number two, remember, he will never forsake you. And then I've even got a kicker. I didn't give many notes on this one because I got this one after I sent the notes out. But turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. And, it, and you in the booth, if you want to put these scriptures up, you can. But if not, don't worry about it. If you can't get to them or any reason that not. But if you have your Bible, just turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And I want to give you four or five things. First of all, he loves you. He will never leave you. 
Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says that he chose you. He chose you. Verse number 5 says he adopted you. He adopted you. Have you ever seen a, I've seen it on TV. I've seen it in real life a couple of times. But have you ever seen a child that had no home, perhaps didn't even know who their parents were, nothing about them, but somebody loves them and adopts them. And the, and the joy that's in, that fills their life all of a sudden. God adopted you. Aren't you glad for that? He chose you. He adopted you. Verse 6, he made us accepted. He, he accepted us and he made us accepted. He made us accept, acceptable, I should say. Verse 7, he redeemed you. Redeemed. He paid the penalty. He bought you. He paid the penalty. He paid the, the fine against you. He bailed you out, so to speak. He redeemed you. The latter part of that verse says, he forgave you. Wouldn't it be wonderful? You know, I've seen people, uh, they might be in jail and you go bail them out, but still then they still owed the bondsman. They still owed the person that put up their bail. He bailed you out and said, I forgive you. Your debt's paid. You don't have to, you don't have to be concerned about that. So he forgave you. Verse 11, and he gave you an inheritance. He gave you an inheritance. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful? I shouldn't mention names, but I will. Wouldn't it be wonderful if some very poor child raised in northwest Arkansas years ago, and Mr. Walton said, I'm going to give you an inheritance in Walmart. I'm going to give you an inheritance. He did help and bless a lot of people. I don't know that he actually done that, but he did help a lot of people. But wouldn't it be wonderful? Here's a child, here's a person who had nothing, absolutely nothing, but all of a sudden they have this inheritance. Something, you know, where they can relax in life and have some things and, and don't have to be so overly concerned about, you know, the needs that they have in life. He gave us an inheritance. And then verse 13 I really love. He sealed you. Tell your neighbor, I'm sealed. It's to stamp with a signet or a private mark for security reasons. He sealed us. Thank God I'm secure in him. I'm secure in him. You can tell, you can, you know, a lot of people want to remind you of what you were or they think you are now. You're this and you're that and you're no count on and on and on. But isn't it wonderful to know you've been sealed with his stamp? You've been sealed. He gives us all of this. Now let me just quickly remind you, I want you to know God. God loves you. God loves you. God will never forsake you. He chose you. He adopted you. He made you acceptable. He redeemed you. He forgave you. He gave you an inheritance and he sealed you. Aren't you glad for that this morning? Aren't you glad? Now, you know, in the weeks to come, I may say some things that are a little challenging that God wants you to do. You want to know God, and this is, by the way, 
The more you get to know God, if you want to know God, and if you want to know God on a really deep level, there are some things that you're going to have to do. And one of them is you're going to have to give up your old life. You're going to have to give up, you're going to have to give up the bad for the, for the much better, the greatest. A lot of people, you know, when they preach against breaking habits, changing your way of thinking and all, oh, I don't know, you know, it's, hey, you know, I, I said this one time, I used to drive a Volkswagen, now I drive a Cadillac, you know, what's wrong with that, you know? If you've, now, the, the new Volkswagens are really nice, but I'm talking about the older ones. Uh, you know, the heater, you had to turn a crank down here, on, you know, down in the floor to turn the heat on and on and on. You know, it's, they, they rode worse than a wagon behind a mule, I believe. I mean, they just bumped down the road. You know, shake your liver around, you know. And guy like me, I'd have to stop and go to the bathroom several times just making a short trip because they just shake you, you know. And see what you're get what you're doing is to change your old lifestyle. If you want to get to know God and get closer to Him, you got to give that up so you can have the greater life. So what I'm saying is we preach we preach against stuff like that, like you're really we're really having to give up something. Isn't that just wonderful that life? No, the life I had before Christ was terrible. It was terrible. Uh, you know, I had a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of headaches, and I won't go into all of that, but it was, it was not a good life. I gave all that up for this great life. Amen. I laid down in the middle. I laid down any time I can. I lay down and get still, you know, in the evening, especially if I lay down. I can just go right off to sleep. I don't worry about anything. I wake up the next morning, oh, wonder, wonder what day it is, you know. Don't have a, you know, it's just the cares of this world are gone. Isn't that a wonderful life to have? I have a little pain every once in a while, and I think, you know, of course, what the devil say, well, you know, you're 72 years old. And I say, that's right, and I'm going to live to be 94, so get over it. Stop it, you know, and just go on. How many know you can, you can do that if you really get to know God and you give up all that trash? You can have a much better life. I don't know how I got started on all that, but it's good anyway. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Lord, I thank you that we want to know you. We want to know you in a much more personal way, each one of us individually. I don't have to have somebody tell me, know the Lord. I can know you for myself. I can pray for myself. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whenever we really get to know him and his love for us, everything begins to be brighter in life. So let me ask you today, do you... Do you know him? Do you really know him? Do you know his love? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He, he came and died. That son came and died so that I can get to know God better. I can have a great life. I don't have the death penalty. I don't have the death sentence hanging over my life anymore. I don't have that anymore. I've been given life. If you're here today and you don't have that, I promise you, you can. Before you leave this morning, you can have that. You can have that. How can I have that, Pastor Bill? Surrender to him. Say, Lord, I want that life. I believe. You know, I quote the scripture or parts of it almost every Sunday morning. If you believe in your heart, back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, if you believe that God is and he's a rewarder, 
Romans 10, 9, 10, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, what you're saying is, I believe he come and paid my penalty, died for me, and I believe God raised him from the dead. You can be saved, whoever you are, and you can have a great life. It doesn't stop there. It just starts there. That's not, that's not the end of the trip. That's not the end of the journey. That's the journey's just beginning then. And it can get brighter and better every day of your life. Every day that I say, I want to know God, I want to please God, I want to get closer to God, my life gets better and better. I mean, say amen. Everybody satisfied with where you are? If you're not, just raise up both hands and we'll pray for you. Why don't we just all raise our hands right now? Because we all want to get closer to God, don't we? Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you that you first loved us. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you that you will never leave us. And thank you, Lord, that we've been adopted. We've been redeemed. We've been accepted. All of that. Thank you for that. And thank you for the great life that we have in you. (laughs) Well, wasn't that a great episode? If this episode has meant anything to you, if this podcast is ministering to you and speaking to you, helping you live a life more after the things of God, then we'd appreciate your financial contribution to help us continue to do this. You can go on over to our website at WLFAR.com and click on the Give tab and contribute to what God is doing here in Northwest Arkansas. I can assure you, you will be blessed.